Um, all right, so uh, talking about uh, soul ties and dealing with soul ties, what are soul ties? What are soul ties? Uh, how do we deal with them? Are they, are they good or are they bad? What are, you know, we're going to talk about that. So we actually got into that conversation at lunch after church on Sunday, and then at the Holy Spirit service, the Lord had me bring it up. And I would say Sunday night's service uh, was probably the most liberating service we've ever had in Boomerang. Really? Absolutely. Uh, without question. And uh, more people got free from some junk and garbage, even if they didn't fully know what it was. But I can t I could tell it. I picked it up in the spirit. It was That's cool. it was major. And uh, because we were talking, because you faith will build on what you're talking about. Faith will build on that. And so as we talked about how the scripture deals with the mind and the heart in that service, uh, freedom and faith to be free came up. And I'm telling you, people got free. And it was more than what they think, yeah. more than what they think. So then I think it was on Monday we went and uh, the Lunch Plus crew went and had uh, lunch. And we talked about it some more. And that was a, a great conversation that we had, even brought out more things. Mm -hmm. And uh, amen. So Hannah said it was life-changing. And Sydney said one, and I don't I don't have commas, so it's like one million, ten million percent agree. <laughs> so a lot. Yeah, it's a, a lot. lot. <laughs> she agrees a lot. Yeah, amen. And uh, if somebody wants to figure out what that number is, that's great. But um, anyway, it's a bunch of zeros after the one, then a percentage sign. Um, she agrees, but uh, ten million. All right, that was a good guess. Good job, Abby. <laughs> so. Anyway, we talked about soul ties, and one of the things that we can see, you have strongholds in our mind, you can see that clearly from scripture, and you have ties to your thinking. I want to bring up this scripture, somebody put it in the comments, it is Proverbs 23, uh, verse 7, and this says, for as he thinks within himself, a man thinks within himself, so is he. Yeah. So this is a piece of wisdom in the in the King James. I'm going to bring this up. And and this is the one that we hear so often is uh oh, I was in Psalms. Let me go to Proverbs. Proverbs 23:7 in the King James. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So <clears throat> you'll hear the phrase as a man thinks as a man thinketh, so is he. And that yeah. was a book. Uh but now, I want you to think about that. Just meditate on that. What you think about is what you become. What you meditate on is who you are. So now, every thought that you think becomes who you are. So it becomes very, very important what we think. And God talks to us about our thoughts many, many, many times. But if you just just like play out the progress of that logic, play out the progress of that logic. If I think on something, I will become that. Yeah. If I think on it, I will become that. So yeah. as a man thinks, so is he. Uh, you can look at it two different ways. You can look at it like my thoughts are going to be prophetic as to where I'm going. You can say that my thoughts uh, is who I really am in that way. Uh, it definitely describes the core of who we are. So how we think describes this is our 
This is our immediate position, right? It doesn't mean that you're not righteous if you have a bad thought. It doesn't mean that you're holy if you have a good thought. I know some unholy people that every now and then want to give to somebody. Sure. And uh, what they're a lot of times what they're trying to do is balance their wickedness, you know. And so just because somebody has a good thought or a bad thought, that doesn't mean that's who they are. But if we have those on a regular basis, it does kind of determine what our immediate position is, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not our status. So, for example, uh, we could be the righteousness of God in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. We could be the righteousness of God in Christ, and that's who we are, but then have a passing sin thought. That doesn't make us unrighteous, but if we constantly have that bad sin thought, obviously mm-hmm. there's something in our position that needs worked yeah. on. You know, so we work on it. it. It tells us so we can look at it like that. But if I'll continue, I just want you to see this almost in the prophetic nature, is if I constantly think on something, that's going to be, that thought is going to be woven into the fr- the fabric, I want to say fabric, the fabric of who I am, and that is who I will become. So if I constantly, so for example, uh, teenagers, if I constantly meditate on having to have a girlfriend or boyfriend, then woven into the fabric of who I am will be, if I don't have this, I feel like I'm going to die, you know, and because I won't stop meditating on it. As a man thinks, so is he. So as, as we think, that's who we will become. And so, of course, there's no scripture in here that says you, in order to survive or thrive, you have to have a boyfriend. You're not going to find that scripture. So that is a scripture based off of uh, an untruth. So the more that I will actually meditate on an untruth, the more that's going to dislocate me from the truth of who I am in Christ. So how we think is either going to make it easier for us to abide in Christ or it's going to make it harder for us to abide in Christ. So as a man thinks, so is he. So we definitely want to take our thoughts captive, but here's one of the things, and this dealing with soul ties. The more we think and meditate on something, in other words, as a man thinks, so is he, the more we tie ourselves. Yeah the more we tie ourselves to that thought process, to those things. And so we want to police those thoughts and make sure that they're thoughts only worthy of praise, like Philippians 4, 8 says. Think on things only worthy of praise. Uh, in everything, give thanks. We want to think on thankful things, things that are worthy of praise. The Bible commands us to do so. But the more we tie ourselves to the truths of the word, the more we will be that and the easier it will be to abide in Christ, right? That's where we need to be because in him, we live and move and have our being. So that's the basic introduction. And then I just want us to have a conversation about it. And I know we will because (laughs) it's an interesting topic. And we talked about so much stuff the other day. So The other day we were talking about so much, like everyone was just like, Everyone was asking so many questions, and we had so many, like, just thoughts on it. And they were like, oh, what about this? And the dots just started to kind of connect because this has been a very pointed topic. It hasn't, we haven't seen it as broad as it is. But I just think it's, yeah. it's so interesting because um, this, the topic of, like, mind. Um, so I understand 
like mind renewal. I, I used to understand mind renewal to an extent, but I did not esteem it. And I didn't esteem the whole. That's like, a great statement. I, Say that I, one more time. I, I didn't, I used to understand mind renewal to an extent, but I didn't esteem it. Yeah. I didn't esteem yeah. taking our thoughts captive. I, I looked at it like a very natural thing. And even the scripture, when you, when, even when you go to it, I'm like, okay, I used to be like, that's kind of a natural topic, a natural scripture. It's, you know, yeah. thoughts are, think happy thoughts. Thoughts are good, but like, it's, it's really not a spiritual thing. It's just kind of a thought thing that's a natural concept. Yeah. So, of course. So I'm, you didn't put much weight on it. No. You didn't think it was very important. No, I was like, this is like a, um, um. Almost like you know, people who don't esteem our words. Yeah. Like when they when they're like, oh, you can have what you say, and they like mock it, and they're like, it's yeah. just words. It's not supernatural. God that's, knows my heart. Yeah, and that's how I thought toward thoughts. Of yeah. it's just a natural thing. It's it's not having this spiritual um, uh, yes. um, consequence of any kind, and. Um, I would say that you could see the fruit of that lack of esteem in yeah. in my life because I I wasn't esteeming it. So I wouldn't say that I was actively like. Uh, I, now I, I didn't want to have sinful thoughts, and I'll, I'll say right. I think that's where a lot of people are. Is I'm not going to have sinful thoughts, but if I have negative thoughts, not really a big deal. That's is what a I thought. great differentiation there, um, but yet. If it's a negative thought that's not worthy of praise, it's a sinful thought. It is a sinful yes. thought. Yeah. yeah, like I know, I know there are many scriptures in the New Testament yeah. where uh, I don't know where it is. I have to find it, but there's one in particular where I know Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he specifically correlates unbelief to sin, lack of yeah. faith to yeah. sin. And so many, you know, the traditional mindset looks at that and it's like, what are you talking about? That's yeah. not sin. You know, if someone has a lack of faith or whatever, that's not sin. That's yes, it it's is. fine. Yeah. It's not a big <laughs> deal. Like that's that's being that's being legalistic or condemning yeah. or whatever. Well, in Romans it, it literally says that a lack of faith is sin. But let's take away the sin aspect. Let, let's just take that away for a second and let's go into Hebrews where it says Hebrews eleven six, without faith. It's impossible to please God. So forget about just the sin or not sin part. How about if if God's really our Father and we love Him, don't we want to please Him? Yeah. So, I mean, forget about the sin part. Let's just be about pleasing Him instead of not pleasing Him, which is taking our thoughts captive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I I just think it's um, I think it's funny that my flesh was. Bucking this principle, yeah. but it was also hurting me because of it. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like when we talked about uh, a few weeks ago, uh, offense or uh, our belief system getting crossed. And often, yeah. when you have that offense, when you feel that of I don't like this, that's yeah. something we need to pay attention to. If you don't that's like right. it, if that's the right. word is being talked about, and there's something in you that it's it's being crossed by the word. We need to look at that, and it's probably because we really need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Well, and what it reminds me of, often when we talk about soul ties or it's mentioned, it's typically mentioned in the relation of physical intimacy before marriage or, or right. after marriage. But Correct. oftentimes it's preached of if you have sex before you get married, you're going to form a soul tie with someone and then break it. Like that. that's how I always heard it talked about anyway. And... 
what it reminds me of, and we'll go into this as we talk about it more, is being unequally yoked. Because yeah. this isn't just having sex with somebody before marriage. This is what am I tying my soul to? Yeah. And ultimately, the will of God is for each of us to go higher and higher. You know, yeah. we're to go from yeah. glory to glory, faith to faith. But if I'm tying myself to something that's anchoring me to the world, then I'm never going to escalate to the heights yes. that God wants me to. Yeah. And that's why so often in the word, it's meditate on the word day and night, like renew your mind daily, yeah. transform it with the renewing of the word. Because if I'm tying my soul to something, it's supposed to be lifting me higher, not yes. holding me down. Yeah. And a lot of what came out on Sunday was what thoughts have been tying you to the world, have been tying you to corruption, yes. have been tying you to lack. And because it's been seen as like so common to, well, this is just a normal thing that I believe. It's It hasn't been esteemed to break it to the degree that it should be instead yeah. of no, I'm not tolerating this thought in my mind. It's yeah. it's okay if it lingers. Yeah. And it's yeah. not okay because it'll get stronger. Correct. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a great point. You know, he gives us command to not be unequally yoked. And when you see that a woman and a man come together and they are yoked together in marriage, he's saying, I don't want one of them to be at a lower spiritual level than the other. And yeah. uh, I don't, you know, and... Part of it is definitely talking about one should not be born again and the other one, you know, not born again. Yeah. If, if one's born again, the other one's not, you should not get married according to the Bible. Uh, that's very clear. But it's not just talking about that. It's also yeah. talking about you should be at the same spiritual level because walking, in other words, if you had two uh, ox, oxen and they were yoked together and one was stronger than the other, then it's going to always pull. You'll never be able to go in a straight line. One's going to always pull the other. Yeah. The strong one's going to turn the cart uh, because of that strength, and you're you're going to end up circling, yeah. right? Uh, well, it's the same thing here. If, and think about this, if we're not supposed to be unequally yoked with somebody that we become one with, our, our thinking as a man thinks, so is he, yeah. so is he one with that thinking. And so if my thinking is not lined up with who I am in the spirit, if my thinking yeah. is not godly, in my spirit I'm godly, but my thinking is ungodly, then I also am unequally yoked. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a problem here, and yeah. my life is going to go in circles. Yeah, it's going to go in a, in a downward spiral yeah. because my thinking and who I am in the spirit is not the same. Hannah said it earlier. She said, this is so good with the three parts of man. She's exactly right. This There's a play between the spirit, soul, and body. Mm -hmm. There's a play between them, and our thinking, our meditation has everything to do yeah. with how they function properly. Yeah. You know, that's the battlefield. That's where the battle is won or lost. Yeah. Yeah. But if we don't know that, we don't esteem that, Correct. we're going to be losing yeah. the battle. Yeah. If we're not esteeming, like I haven't been in the past, if we're not esteeming the mind, what's happening in the soul, yeah. what's hap what we're meditating on, like think of that like go it's like going into a battle disarmed. Like mm -hmm. if I if there's yeah. a war going on and I just walk into it and I'm not armed, I have no weapons, I literally just walk on the field, what is gonna happen yes. to me? I'm gonna get hurt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
Well, and so let's look at this scripture in 2 Corinthians 10. And of course, we're I would say most people are pretty familiar with this verse, but all the more reason uh, to take a look yes. at it today. <laughs> so 1 Corinthians 10, and we'll start at verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Okay, now let's go back to verse three. So first of all, one a couple of things that we can recognize in this verse is, although we might not have bullets flying around us, all of us, you know, uh, there is a war going on. Yeah. Okay, and it says we do not war according to the flesh, but we do war according to the spirit yeah. is the context, is the context, right? Yeah. So we're in a war, and in this particular context, it's a war of the spirit surrounding the mind, yeah. surrounding the soul, the mind, will, and emotions. The soul is the mind, will, and emotions. Will you put that in the comments? The soul is the mind, will, and emotions. So we are in a war in the spirit surrounding the soul and actually in our soul, okay? So, and he tells us, that although we walk in the flesh, that's not where our war is. Mm -hmm. Our war is in the spirit, and specifically, it's in our mind. Yeah. And so if we don't win this war, we're not winning the spiritual war, right? So there's a lot of people like, Lord, I want to do good for you. I think most people that would be watching this will say, Lord, I want to do good for you. I yeah. want to love you. I want to do what's right. I think they can... Uh, relate to Paul in Romans 7, you know, the thing I want to do, I don't do, the thing I don't want to do, I do. And it's like, and then he goes on to say, oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me? And the answer is Jesus will save you. But we have to come to Jesus and do it his way. So if we find ourselves in a position where we really don't think this is important, but the Bible's already told us it's important, yeah then we're going to lose, lose, lose until we figure that out. And that's what we're talking about today. So he's saying you're in a war, that war is in your soul. And uh, then it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. So if I try to fight this of the flesh, like, okay, I'm not going to do this now. That's not how it's won. It's not won like that. It's won in the mind and taking those thoughts captive it's one by spiritual means. In other words, Lord, I'm believing on you to help me yeah. and empower me to walk this out, not on my own accord. See, if I'm walking and I'm trying to do it myself, I'm trying to fix me. Yeah. I'm doing that without the spiritual help of God. And I'm always going to fail because I can't, if I could fix me, I would have done it already and I yeah. wouldn't need Jesus. I need Jesus in every area of life, not just my initial salvation, but every win, mm -hmm. I need him. Yeah. In every win, I need him, right? I need him there. So one of the things that you see is, he says, for the weapons of our warfare is not of the flesh, but our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And the King James says, for the pulling down of strongholds. For the pulling down. Then it gives us an idea of what that is in verse 5. We are destroying speculations or imaginations, mm -hmm. right? Imaginations of the mind and thoughts of the mind. And every lofty thing 
raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, and we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. So what that means is this. Every thought that is not victory in Christ, Mm -hmm. every thought that is not winning in Christ and victory in Christ and provision in Christ and blessing in Christ and life to the full till it overflows in Christ, you can see it really well defined in John 10.10. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, you know, it's kind of like, The thief only comes for this reason. Jesus, by contrast and in context, saying, I only come for this reason, that you might have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. So you can see that there's your definition. Is this thought life to the full till it overflows in truth, or is it still in killing and destroying? If it's still in killing and destroying, it's not of God. It's trying to loft itself above, above God. And that's the one we're supposed to take captive, all right? It's trying to bring itself up there. And he's saying anything that tries to present itself and loft itself higher than God's truth of life to the full in abundance till it overflows, right? If it's trying to supersede that, you take that thought and he gives us the task of taking that thought captive and casting it down. No, you will not have a play in my life. Amen. No thought. Amen. And so we just think thoughts are thoughts and and they don't hurt anything. Yeah. Kind of like we think words don't hurt anything. We have a nursery rhymes, sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words will never hurt me. That's not true. Mm-mm. That's not true at all. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? Yeah. So that not only is life in the power of the tongue, but death is also yeah. in the power of the tongue. So that's not true. So we have this world that's teaching us, well, your thoughts don't really matter. You know, who you are in private, that doesn't matter. That's not true either. All of these things, it contradicts the truth that'll set us free. And so what you have here is he says, look, when you recognize that obedience to God is, and if you'll go, and we can look at this in a minute, but Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, it wraps up all of our thinking, right? Our thoughts should basically be Joshua 1.8 and Philippians 4.8. Joshua 1.8 says, think on my word or my law day and night. Meditate on my word. These are the things we think on. Yeah. The word and promises of God and yeah. who he is. Day and night, it should be in our thoughts. And in Philippians 4.8, thing it, he wraps and encapsulates it all things that are worthy of praise. And so I'll say, if it doesn't make you raise your hands in praise to God, you shouldn't be thinking on it. Everything outside of that is trying to loft itself above the will of God to bring you fullness of life. And it's not God's job to do it. It's our job to say, nope, I'm not thinking about that. Nope, I'm not meditating on that. Nope, I'm not doing that. All right? Now, and if we'll do that, if we get to the place where we are obedient with that, we, then it says we are ready to punish every thought that tries to loft itself above God. No, mm. you are being cast down, and that's yeah. what it's talking about. I'm going to bring my thought life into order with God. Yeah. 
right? If I don't bring my thought life into order with God, God's over here being God, trying to bless his people, trying to bring life to them. And if my thought, if as a man thinketh, so am I, and I'm, my thought life is over here not thinking about his blessing, not thinking about his goodness, not thinking on things worthy of praise, then I'm going to be this guy that can't be in yeah. him, this guy in him, yeah. right? And so God's saying, I don't want that for you. I want you to be in me because yeah. in me you live and move and have your being. In me you have every blessing. In 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 me, in me, in me, in yeah. him, in Christ. You know, you just, you're writing a paper on it right now. In Christ, there's so many promises. He says, but here's what he's saying. If you can't get your thought life right and you don't take it as important and you don't take those thoughts captive, you won't be in me. Right. And you won't be blessed and I want you blessed. Yeah. And so when you recognize that there's a thought that's trying to present itself higher than that, you must take it captive yeah. and cast it down. Well, and there's pers obviously there's personal responsibility with this. So what I'm about to say, I'm not trying to negate that at all. But as you have been talking, what has been coming up to me is, again, the unequally yoked aspect of, of the word. And so, for example, Sunday, I, when you prayed over me, I had intended to receive breaking of something I knew concretely. Like, I was right. like, okay, I want to receive this in this area. Um, so you prayed for that soul tie to be broken. But as I'm sitting there receiving... What the Lord brought up to me were other words that I had unknowingly tied, my, my soul was tied to, right. that had been said years and years and years ago by someone that I knew when I was young. And as you're talking, what it reminds me of, yes, we're to love the world, not the world itself, but we're to love the people that the Lord died for. Right. Yes, we're to minister right. to them. Yes, we're to make disciples, but there's also a reason that the word tells us that iron sharpens iron because the people that I should be allowing to speak into my life should not be tying, helping me to tie my thoughts to the things of a natural world. The people that speak into my life should be helping me to tie my thoughts to things that'll yeah. take me higher yes. than that. Yeah. And in this season of my life in particular, like surrounding pregnancy, I've, sh I've shared this before on the broadcast many times at this point, there are so many things that worldly try to attach fear to pregnancy. And like I've talked to Pastor Nicole because people in, in the desire to yeah. do well have shared horrible things, <laughs> yeah. just awful, yeah. bad, scary, not good about stuff pregnancy. about pregnancy and yeah. birth and raising kids and what it'll do to marriage. Like there's been so much and I've had to go to Pastor Nicole. I'm like, I need you to speak into me right now because I know that's, that's not a accurate. Great, now that's a, what you just described is one of the best practices anybody can ever do is even when you're not feeling it, you connect with somebody, especially somebody that you're in covenant relationship, and say, will you just speak into me yeah. right now? Mm -hmm. That's not so showing that you are low. That's actually showing that you are very smart. You understand there's a blessing, and you are not in this game alone. Yeah. You're not in it all by yourself. Well, I, until I moved here, I never realized you know, the difference between stealing, killing, destroying, and life and life in abundance. And yeah. when I moved here, I realized... 
if it's fear, if it's lack, that it doesn't have to be mine. Yeah. So in this season, when all of this jargon of stealing, killing, destroying, surrounding pregnancy has come yeah. in, I've recognized I don't have to have this, but this is unfamiliar territory to yeah. me. And I need someone who knows it better than I do. So that way there's not a lingering weed that can that's spring awesome. forward. Yeah. yeah. And that's why it's so important to yes, minister to those around you, but be tied to the people who can lift yes. you up. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I think that's really important, that correlation of uh, it's not just your thoughts, but it's that input of people, yeah. other people's thoughts that so often, like I've had people say things to me and I'm like, I know that that's not right. Yeah. And I still, I needed the strength of someone else to come alongside me and encourage me yeah. in that of, yes, that is not right. This is what the word says. Because even in times when someone said something to me, I'm like, I know that's not right. Yeah. I've still let it affect me and yeah. had that <coughs> soul tied to it, that stronghold, that moment happen where I'm like, Dang it, like yeah. I know this isn't right, yeah. but it's still affecting me. And how important that is to have someone else who, with an anointing yeah. that can speak into you, yeah. pray for yeah. you, and help you to get rid of that. Well, and one of the things. Well, was, just oh, sorry. keep that, yeah, keep yeah. that, hold it. The important thing is in that moment, okay, so when you have one of those negative thoughts like that and they come up and try to present themselves in your life, you know, Brother Hagen had the statement, just because a, a bird flies over your head doesn't mean you have to let it nest in your hair. Yeah. So in other words, everybody has a flesh that's throwing negative thoughts at them, right? Everybody is in a corrupted world that also is throwing that. It doesn't mean you're bad if you have a bad thought. That doesn't mean that at all. What's not good is when you meditate on that yeah. bad thought. But even if you catch yourself having meditated on that, you're in a world that I understand that and we need to grow and be better at that. But when you have that negative thought, what's one of the first things that you want to do? The first thing that you want to do is like, oh, I'm so bad and not tell anybody. Yeah. Not be around anybody, not talk to anybody about that. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. Yeah. He wants you to retract into your own little island, be alone because there he can just wear you out. He understands the human psyche and yeah. understands those things. Now, what? but here's what, when we reach out and we say, you know what? I need somebody to speak into my life. I need my pastor to speak into my life. I need my life group leaders to speak into my life. I need the, the ladies at church or the men at church speak into me. Yeah. That is a great, great task. That's yeah. a great action to take. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times, and the, you're doing two things. Number one, you're getting prophetic words of God's you know, love towards you, prophetic words of his victory over you, which spawns life. The second thing is it's taking your mind off of the negative one and you're helping take that thought captive. You're reaching out yeah. and you're getting to agreeing on something yep. and it shall be done. And that, so, but the devil wants us and he does this so often people fall for it. I mean, it's just amazing how we fall for it. No, I, I can handle this myself. Yeah. I can hear from God myself. I can do it. Yeah, you can, but why? Yeah. You know, if I'm pulling a car out of the ditch and, and, and somebody comes along and says, hey, you want me to help you? Oh, no, I got this. Like, I can't do it by myself. No, come on, you yeah. know. Yeah, I need your help. Give me yeah. some of that muscle, you know. I bring, bring that spiritual strength yeah. into my life. And it, why do we act like that's, it's pride. Yeah. It's pride that tries to 
tries to get us in that position. The devil knows that he plays on that, and people swallow it hook, line, and sinker. So. Well, I remember yeah. when Brother Teddy was here, either last Kickstarter or the one before, he did a broadcast where he was talking about time and guarding your time. And the reason I say that is because just like we're to guard our time and be wise with where it's spent, yeah. we're also supposed to guard our mind. Like yeah. the word says, yeah. guard your heart. And in that heart, it's the soul. Like yeah. guard your soul. And so one of the things Pastor Nicole has said to do, because um, I was bringing to her, just things that were being shared by very well-meaning people. They weren't malicious yeah, at all. Yeah. Um, but it was starting to, it had, I'd, it had started to try and impact me. And she's like, you need to set clear boundaries. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I'm paraphrasing. She's like, you need to, if it starts again, stop it. Yeah. And I had been so conscientious of, I don't want to offend other people, because I know they're meaning well. Right. I don't want to offend them. Or speaking out of ignorance. Or speaking yeah. out of ignorance. That I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. Like, yeah. I'll deal with it. I'll let them say whatever. And then I'll go to Pastor Nicole and we can deal with it together. Yeah. And what, it, what I didn't realize I was doing was I was just letting that stuff come in, yeah. instead of allowing myself to be used to sharpen other people. Yeah. And there's a way to do it that's not offensive, yeah. but is, you know what? This is a boundary I'm setting for myself. Like we can yeah. talk about this absolutely. However, this is what I'm this is my cutoff point. Right. And I've had to do that with other people. Like sure, we can talk, but as soon as it spins into this area, I'm out. And of this particular conversation. Right. And I think for me because I didn't want to cross that line of offense, I was just willing to be the dumping ground of everybody's verbal junk. Yeah. Yeah. And it's there's a way to do it where you're guarding your mind and also helping to sharpen other people, too. Yeah, yeah the Lord will give you wisdom on that. Yeah. And I know it's something I've found. Um, I have a... I think everybody has people in their lives that are not in the church where they're planted. Sure. And who you love and you're talking to sure. and... You have these connections that God has ordained. God ordained connections where they're outside of your planting. But I know there's something about the the field where you're planted, the soil where you're planted. I know as far as like conversations and things that if let's say you have <laughs> let's say you have two fields, one is for wheat and one is for corn. If you're in the cornfield there's going to be a certain unity, a certain direction, and the the conversation and everything will kind of be aimed toward the corn. <laughs> and then the other field, though it's wonderful, That's it's right. going to be aimed toward the wheat. And I think sometimes, That's too, a great analogy. Keep what going. we do is it's not that wheat isn't bad. Wheat's not bad compared to corn. But if you're going one direction, I know it's really beneficial to... Simply make sure that you're filling yourselves yourself up with the vision yeah. of that. So, like, even when it comes to ministers that we listen to, um, yeah. there are so many wonderful ministers, so many anointed men of God that we can listen to. But often, I think wisdom says to align yourself with those ministers that are going in the specific direction that you're going. Now, yes. they may they're preaching the word of God, and it's sure. not wrong. But, like, I, I know that's happened to you where the Lord said, okay, 
just in using your time well and making sure that you are having the right vision yeah. of the direction that you're going, fill yourself up with this vision, this direction. And I know for me, that's helped me bring have a yeah. lot of clarity because of the unity of those yeah. thoughts. And it's what will happen is, again, it's not that the other thoughts are bad, but like let's say, like what we're talking about today, this is a this is an on-time word for our field, for yeah. our soil. So whoever's connected, this is going to minister and mean more to them often yeah. than something in another direction. Or people who are supposed to be connected too, yeah. like even if they're not yet. Yeah, so I've found that really helpful when it comes to what we're meditating on, to be meditating on the things, the ministers, the people talking to them that are going in the direction that you're going. Yeah, for sure. So when you look at, I, I want to paint a picture for you now, just on, you know, this is this is somewhat in-depth, but not, not fully in-depth as what we even talked about maybe at lunch the other day. But let, let's just look at some simple uh, ingredients of soul ties and fortresses and strongholds. Now, the first thing I want to look at is this, is I want to look at... Uh, 1 Samuel 18 and verse 1, and I, w- I want you to see this. So here's a question. You can put this in the comments. Are all soul ties, you know, soul ties is not a word in the Bible, but you see the principle of yeah. it, okay? Um, it's kind of like rapture. The word rapture is not there, but it's based off a word that's in the Bible. It's based off of Scripture. Soul ties is not there. Strongholds, fortresses, that is a word that's in there. Are they all bad? Are all soul ties or strongholds bad? You know, you can put that in the comments. And the answer is no. And yeah. look, look at this. Uh, now, verse, 1 Samuel 18, verse 1, Now it came about when he had finished speaking to Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his self. Now, see, this is obviously a very healthy and godly relationship between the two. Uh, I've heard some people say that this was, you know, a homosexual relationship. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It's That's not what it is. What it is is a covenant relationship yeah. that God put together. Yeah. Uh, this is what it feels like when the Lord does something, yeah. right? It's We should have covenant relationship in our marriages uh, as well, but there's a covenant relationship that's not sexual at yeah. all. And this is what they had. And you can see here, this was a good soul tie. This is where their, their souls were tied together. Their thoughts were for each other. I want, and, and the Lord does this in partnership. So when people partner together, you are on their hearts. You're on their minds. When God establishes a covenant relationship, in, in a way that partnership is a tie into the soul of each other. And it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual doing. And sometimes people can start this spiritual connection on their own, and it can be bad or it can be good. But think about this. If you're actually in partnership, like with a ministry, you think about that ministry. Yeah. They come up to you. You pray for them because you have tied your soul in there. Um, you'll, You'll be thinking about them. You'll have dreams about them getting their task done, yeah. getting their mission and vision done, different things. Uh, not all the time and, and not necessarily often, but things like that yeah. will happen. And and so if somebody is actually partnered correctly at the church that they're planted in, 
They should be have that ministry on their thoughts and maybe even be thinking, how can we do this? How can we fill those chairs? How can we reach out to the world, right? So the first question is, are the all soul ties or strongholds bad? No, they can be good as well. But now let's look at this. Let's go back. I want, I want you to see two things. Let's go back to uh, 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 10. Excuse me. And I want you to see this. And it says in verse 5, we are, or excuse me, verse 4, for they are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. So this would obviously be that our weapons are able to take down bad strongholds, yeah. bad fortresses. Uh, and, and you see that they are able to do that. And how do we do that? By breaking the soul tie. Yeah. By the thought that's coming in and trying to present itself higher than God's thinking, you take that thought and cast it down. So you're, what you can break it by doing the opposite. You can connect it by trying to meditate on it thinking on it all the time. Mm -hmm. So if you want to create bad or good soul ties, then you meditate on it all the time, right? Yeah. That's why God said in Joshua 1, think on these things day and night, yeah. and you will make your way successful. You will make your way prosperous. That's, he was telling us how to create good soul ties, good strongholds, good fortresses, yeah. Yeah. all right? But in order to break them, when you need to break them, then you have to take every every thought captive and cast it down, okay? So you, you do the reverse of that. So obviously, we should be constantly breaking the wrong ones and building up the new ones. But let's look at what's involved with them. So the first thing, when you have a soul tie, it's a knitting together of the soul with a thought, with an idea, with knowledge, with a promise, Okay or a fear if it's bad, things like that. But one of the things that you see there is when you do that, a soul tie becomes a stronghold. Mm -hmm. It's something hard to move into, okay? Um, so, for example, think about a fortress and a stronghold. A, a, a stronghold was a place or a piece of ground that you could hold in war. It was a place where you could hold strongly. Yeah. Stronghold. So yeah, you know, I always when I think about this word, I always think about Lord of the Rings yes. and what was it, Helm's Deep? Yep. Is that the right word? And and there, it's a stronghold. They know that that's going to be a hard place for the enemy to overcome. I always have that picture in my head. Like this, like okay, you might you might beat this, and you might you might overcome it, but it's going to hurt you. You know, yeah. it's going to be hard to overcome. It is a hold, and it is a strong hold, right? It is a fortress. In other words, there's good defense on that thought. Yeah. There's a good defense. And when we form a soul tie or when we create these strongholds in our mind, it is hard to uproot them. Mm -hmm. So if they're good strongholds, that's great. That's a great thing. But if they're bad, it may take you some time and it can be challenging and it can feel like you're ripping up your life from the roots because they are deep rooted yeah. and well defended in that way. So yeah. the the way to break these is to yield to the Holy Ghost. Uh, yeah, that's a great point, Kevin. Uh, the city of Jericho was a stronghold. Like it was, nobody thought they could win against Jericho. It's one of the reasons why 
uh, the people around the area in Canaan came to fear the Israelites because they defeated Jericho. And they, everybody knew that was difficult to do. So they were feared because of that. So the issue is that the, a stronghold is well defended. It is well defended. And I want you to see this. Think about it as strong towers and a strong, uh, a strong tower and strong walls, okay? So now when we apply this, I want you to think about the guardrails on a road. But don't just think about, you know, the flimsy guardrails that you see peeled back because a car ran into them. Think about walls of concrete going down the road. Now watch this. So literally, if you just hit the gas and took your hands off the wheel, if those strongholds on the sides of the road are strong enough, you can just keep hitting the gas and you're going to stay on the road. So the issue is, and it might beat the car up, but... (laughs) They're going to be so strong that I'm, and watch this, I'm heading down a path and it's hard for me to get off that path mm-hmm. because the strongholds are so strong. Yeah. Because the, the soul ties are so strong. It's going to be hard for me to get off the path. In other words, mm-hmm. a stronghold forms a direction. Yeah. Now, if you look in James chapter 3, it says this in, in verse 3. He says, talking about confessing, he said, what? He says this, verse, verse 2. He says, For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put the bit in a horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. So in other words, the bit, mm-hmm. the bit directs the horse, okay? Yeah. He says, Look at ships also. Although they are so great and they are driven by strong winds, they are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. Yeah. And watch this. So whatever the pilot of the ship decides, he just turns the wheel easily. That small rudder changes, and this big, mighty ship and all these strong waves can't do anything but let the ship go where it's supposed to go. It's going to go that direction because the pilot decided, thought on other things. Now, he's talking about words here, but how do words come out of our mouth? Where do they form out of first? Out the abundance of our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, or the core, or in our soul, yeah. right? So in the soul, that's where words form, okay? So words are formed and give direction to our life out of our thought. Yeah, yeah. So our thoughts create directions. Isn't that, think about the guardrails, that those strongholds also become a directing force and it's hard to break off course. Yeah. Strongholds are a directing course that's hard to break off course, right? You, you see that. And then it says, he says, so also the tongue is a small part of the body and yet it boasts of great things. So one of the things that we see about strongholds or fortresses, whether they're good or bad, is that they keep us, they set the course, and they keep us on course. So now watch this. Soul ties and strongholds or fortresses, they set and keep us on course. They set the course and keep us on course, whether they're good or bad. Doesn't matter. They they act the same whether they're good or bad. So then we can literally change the course and set the course of our life 
simply by breaking soul ties, yeah. the wrong ones, and establishing the good ones. Yeah. If we'll just, and so now, again, how important are, is it? You know, yeah. it's huge. Yeah. This is a huge part of our spiritual battle is what we think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they are either going to lead us to the right things or the wrong things. And think about this. If I can get the word of God as a soul tie and stronghold and all of his promises and his <laughs> victory, and it becomes a part of me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. How hard is it going to be for the devil to knock you off course? Yeah. yeah. Like just as hard as it was for you to stop that addiction, it's going to be hard for you to break the addiction to God's presence, yeah. right? Yeah. To his goodness, to his mercy. And that's why many times, you know, I'll, I'll watch people and they seem like upended in their thinking because I don't have any problems. Like when big stuff comes, they're like, how do you stay so calm? The issue, why? Because I've set a stronghold. One of, you know, on one side of of the road of our life is that God's always leading us to triumph. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of the road is another stronghold, another guardrail bigger than any guardrail we've seen on this earth that says, God will not allow you to go into anything where he's not faithful and won't leave me to an escape. Yeah. So with those two strongholds, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, 2 Corinthians 2, 14, with those two strongholds on the guardrails of my life, I know everywhere I'm going is yeah. towards victory. Yeah. It can't go any other way. Yeah. I've tied my soul to it. I've tied, and that that all of a sudden you look at things differently. There's yeah. only one outcome. You don't see yourself going backward. You only see yourself going towards the triumph of Christ. Yeah. And then you just and even when it, something pops up and tries to run you off the road, that stronghold pulls you right back. You're like, nah, yeah. it's gonna be okay. <laughs> all this stuff's gonna be all right. Yeah. Everything is gonna be all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All of it will be right. It reminds me of a, uh, what I thought of was like a bowling alley. And <laughs> when yeah, you have those, that's a great, yeah. those rails that they put up, like you have the a, bumpers. The bumpers that they put up. You have a kid like with a ball that does so bad. They can throw that ball in the gutter, tore at the gutter. Yeah, and that yeah. ball has no choice but yeah. to go down the middle. Yeah. But um, so I think that's really cool. I love hearing you teach on the fact of the stronghold can be a good thing and how yeah. like yesterday during the word we were talking about how the uh, so often people have struggled with reading the word because they've thought one it was boring yes. or two that it was too confusing so yes. in the ignorance of it's too confusing I can't read it people read it less and then with less and less of the word it gets even more confusing yes. you're, you're not letting that word enlighten you and everything but how important is it knowing that we need to create positive yeah. strongholds of that direction that we're yes. going down meditating on the word knowing how important that is for the direction of our life goes back to how important is it to be reading the word to know the word exactly yeah, because without reading the word, you're not going to know what those strongholds should yeah. be or what you have a right to. You're not going to yeah. know those things. And the devil will come in and just tell you a stronghold that, yeah. oh, no, you're, you'll die early and it's just normal. No, I yeah. won't. No, yeah. I know, and that's the thing. See, and yeah. that's coming up yeah. inside of you because you've gotten some of yeah, a stronghold sure, so. of, of the word. Yeah. And that's just it. The more we get in, the stronger it is. And he can't break it. No, I will not die. 
I will live a long and satisfied life, and I'll be buried at an old age unless Jesus returns. That's the only way I'm not going to be buried at an old age. That's the only way I'm not going to live a long and satisfied life on the earth because I'll be more satisfied with Jesus if he returns and raptures church. Other than that, if he tarries, long and satisfied yeah. life from Psalms 91. And I'll be buried at a ripe old age yeah. like Abraham had promised to him in, yeah. in Genesis 15. So as those things become strongholds, the devil comes in and tries to tell you a lie. You're like, oh, yeah. get out of here, devil. Yeah. Well, and like what Hannah said about the three parts of man and knowing that, I think it's it's so important to have this topic because because of it being something like those guardrails of, of keeping you going a certain direction. Yeah. I know that you've seen this a lot, and I know I've experienced this, is um, especially certain ones that are rooted really deeply. When you get to it, um, I think so often we in ignorance uh, face one of those things and you kind of have a reaction of, I, I don't like that I don't like this being crossed right now. And when it's a negative, the issue is because your soul is tied to it, because it's so strong, when it's a negative one, even like one that is going against the word, when it's crossed though, people are like, oh, well, I, this is my spirit. My spirit doesn't like, this is wrong. You know, people will think you are going against my belief system, what I believe. And then they're just like, no, I'm not listening to you. I'm not allowing you to cross this when really it's a stronghold that is set against the word. It's ungodly. But how many people, when that is crossed, when they're in a church service or something, and you say something about finances and they're like, that's not right. I am leaving. You know, when when that's crossed, people go the other direction when they really need that uprooted. Yeah. People get confused. My whole point is, People get confused and they think this, I'm passionate about this. This is my spirit. This is wrong. Yes. When really they're wrong, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, what's, it's interesting. I'm in, taking notes of stuff we need to cover here. <laughs> if, if, if what I'm about to, if what I'm about to bring up is not right for right now, I, yeah. I'd like for you to steer it back away. But what has been coming up to me continually through this broadcast, and it's interesting to me, because it's not what came up to me when we were talking the other day, is the importance of making the correct soul ties with people. Like, that it just keeps stirring in me. And so as you were talking, what it reminded me of when you're like, are all soul ties bad? No, when you get married, you will have a soul tie covenantly with your spouse. That's right. That's That's right. I have a soul tie with you and Pastor Nicole because we are in covenant together. I have one with the kids, like that's things that the Lord has put together in that way. But what the reverse of that that came up to me, and you'll know what I'm talking about as soon as I say it, there was a, um, a group of people that I was particularly close with a few years ago, and you cautioned me, yeah. before uh, George and I became very close with them. You, you yeah. told us, be very wise, make sure that you're led, like you don't need to go all in necessarily yeah. at this yeah. point with this relationship. And I wrongly interpreted some actions that you and Pastor Nicole had taken just in, in, in empowering certain things. I was like, oh, they're safe people. They're they're in the ministry. Like I can get close with them. Sure, that's yeah. not a problem. And I didn't fully esteem your cautioning I tied yeah. my soul with them, and it did not go great. 
because it wasn't what the Lord wanted Correct. in that moment. Yeah. It looked good, seemed right, yeah. but it was off. And, and what would have helped in that is for you to come back and ask some more clarifying questions. And I didn't. And, and, that, and most people haven't uh, in the past. And that's why I'm saying it, so that people will see what to do. And, um, and had you done that, I could have explained more, whereas us having been in ministry, I recognized that I saw... I saw trouble, mm -hmm. and I didn't know if they were going to handle it right or not, and they, in the end, didn't, mm -hmm. you know, and those are the things that you have to be mindful of over, and that was experience and the Lord leading me to tell you, because I wouldn't have told you that unless mm -hmm. the Holy Ghost instructed me, yeah, and, unless he told me uh, to tell you, so I told you by the Holy Spirit, and he was, he was warning, he was giving a warning, you know, and, uh, but that's, you know, that's same stuff I've done before and missed it as well. But it, like what it, the reason I believe the Lord brought it up to me is because there are people that seem good, that seem great, that we're probably in relationship with even now. Like I, yeah. since that point, I consistently check yeah. who's around me, who's inputting into me, yeah. who am I receiving from in that way? Cause I, it damaged like that situation yeah, I understand. damaged me. Um, because of my own choices with it. Yeah. Uh, and I, in going through it, I was like, Lord, I missed you. I yeah. don't want to miss you again. And yeah. even the other day, he brought up something pertaining to that group of people that my soul still had like little lingering ties to. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want that. No. So yeah. like we prayed right yeah. there, but it can be family. It can yeah. be boyfriends or girlfriends or old yeah. friends that you had way, 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 way back in the day that you're emotionally connected to That's what the, I was and you're say. not necessarily supposed to be spiritually connected yes. to, but because the emotions are entwined, it feel you're drawn by feelings to them. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the children of God in Romans 8 are led by the spirit of God, not by the emotions. And so the devil will very evilly use our emotions to draw us into soul ties, not just with people, with other things sure. as well. I want this. And yeah. uh, he'll draw us into those soul ties. Uh, and, then, and then he loves to break them. You know, he loves to pull them down and try to destroy the roots of who we are um, or pull the rug out from under us, you know, that type of thing. That's who he is. He yeah. loves to, and only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But yeah. he, he'll, he won't use the spirit of God cause he can't, but he will use emotions, yeah. you know, to pull us in that. That's why we have to be very mindful with our, remember the soul is mind, will, and emotions. Yeah. So, and emotions and emotions. Yeah. So that's where the battle is. And that's, uh, emotions, again, are not necessarily good nor bad, but the devil uses them a lot to pull on our heartstrings yeah. to get us to tie ourselves to something that God never told us to tie ourselves to. And so, you know, just in writing, you know, I was writing down some things uh, that we're going to cover, like it won't be all next week, but as we go forward, here's some of the topics that we're going to talk about on soul ties is how to deal with soul ties with people. Um, what's the proper thing? How do we look at that? Uh, here, another thing, that's something I just written down. Another thing that we're going to look at is how to deal with, with soul ties from our childhood. Yeah. That began in our childhood. What does that look That'd like? Be great. It will be. And how do you deal with it? You know, what are those soul ties? Because 
how many people understand this teaching, first of all? You know, we were sitting at the table the other day, and, and all of y'all were sitting around like, I've never heard this no, stuff. Never. Never heard this stuff. And, um, and I understand, but... It, and the Lord's been bringing it up to me. He kept, he kept, he's been bringing it up to me. That's why you're hearing it now. But the issue is when people are young, they'll enter into soul ties having no idea. Most of their parents don't understand what they're doing. Yeah. They'll enter into soul ties. They'll see something on TV, tie their soul to it, and all of a sudden that thing will go to work. Now, yeah. and it'll be a stronghold and a bondage in their life for all of their life until they deal with it, Right. Until they deal with it. And then um, the other thing, what I got it here, hold on. The other thing is uh, having our soul tied to big or small thinking, small yeah. thinking, right? Um, dealing with that soul tie, to deal with the soul tie to small thinking. God wants us thinking big. Yeah. And one of the things that we'll talk about in, in this process, somewhere in there, and maybe included with that is... Um, what things do we uh, think big on and imagine, right, versus what things do we tie our soul to? Yeah. So this is something that we were talking about the other day, and we'll, we'll talk about this in detail, is, okay, God wants me to think bigger, so I go and look at, you know, a mansion. And do I tie my soul to the mansion? No, I tie my soul to the idea that he can give me that, but it's not necessarily that certain one, unless he spoke it. If he spoke it and said, I'm giving you this one, now I can tie my soul to it. But if not, then, you know, so you can see there's details in this. There's things that you meditate on, things you don't meditate on, things that you attach yourself to, things you don't attach yourself to. But if you'll attach yourself to it, you'll have it. If it's God, yeah. if it's God. So this is a huge topic. Yeah. And uh, so, amen. Amen. Have you guys gotten something out of this yeah. today? Have you seen uh, kind of define the soul tie and how to start dealing with them? We're going to talk more on those on those topics. But how many people, just like answer me in the comments, how many of your friends and family, how many of your friends and family uh, do you think would benefit by hearing the message today? Yeah. What do y'all them. think? <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> everybody. Everybody. Yeah. So that's that's just it. Like, all right, if you really believe that and you actually have good in your heart, then yeah. share it with them. <laughs> you have good in like your heart. You if you don't have good in your heart, you, you don't, don't share it the with pot. them. Yeah, <laughs> don't share it with them. If you have good in your heart, then share it with them because it'll help them. Honestly, like before you even ask that question, you're talking about going into doing this more as a series uh, or at least a playlist by the time we compile yeah. all of it. What I believe the Holy Spirit had been bringing up to me is we've seen, at least in the eight plus years I've been here in the ministry, we've seen thought life yeah. tank so many people. So many. How, like, what came up to me is how cool is it that the Lord has brought up this is really a massive thing. Like, how many people had no clue? Absolutely. And, you, and you've taught the three parts of man for years. Yeah. But I believe that this teaching is going to be one that starts to unlock stuff in the body now yeah. that has tanked years and years in the past. I have yeah. watched, and I want, you, I want you to see this. This is a reality. The most anointed and gifted people that have come through the doors of this ministry 
uh, over the years, the most gifted, the ones that have survived have been the most diligent. Yeah. But the most gifted and anointed have tanked and lost it because they didn't take their thoughts captive. Because they were tied somewhere else. Because they were tied to something, and they let that thought linger, fester, yep. and all of a sudden, and they didn't take their thoughts captive. And I cannot tell you how many times I've sat in a meeting in a counseling session with somebody that wanted to have a talk, and they're like, I, we, we got to talk, we got a problem. And we get in the meeting, and then they say, we don't really have a problem. I was like, I don't think so. And the issue was they had not taken a thought cap. They had tied their soul to it has to be this, it has to be this problem, and it became a reality yeah. to them. And I've watched it, but that's not the only thing they would tie, you know, not take uh, their thought captive on. But I've it has surprised me that that's been one of the number one weapons that has sunk yeah. people with a call on their life. They've not taken their thoughts captive. It makes me real excited because you've had us for years praying what, yeah. what Marky and Buddy taught yesterday, the Ephesians 1 prayer yeah. for the body to get a revelation and, yeah. and not move by feelings and things. I, I, I truly believe that this series and what started on Sunday is going to unlock some stuff sure. and, and change yeah. a pathway. It, it can't not yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, it's too too important, too big. Yeah. And it's one that's under, it's, all, it's like an undercurrent under the ocean you can't see it, but it is moving things. Yeah. Yeah. It's constantly moving things, good or bad, but it's there. Yeah. And uh, it's a huge, huge topic. And the positive. Like, I, yeah. for me, I was able to see in a different light yeah. Covenant today because of talking about, like, David and Jonathan and yes. that, um, yeah. that their souls being tied. And yeah. it's, it's really exciting to me and cool to me how uh, the Lord wants that for us. But how many people, mm -hmm. in the opposite sense, have yeah. not wanted to have g godly soul ties, have not yeah. wanted to connect themselves to people. But it's been... God to yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think there, well, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we could go on and I could talk about this stuff for a while because at one, I've been meditating on it yeah. for quite some time. But it's, uh, one of the things is too, is how much are we missing out because we're not in covenant relationships because we've not tied ourselves yeah. to the right people. Yep. Because that's where true impartation and uh, supernatural advancement comes from. Yes. So think about Elijah had he not tied himself to Elijah. Didn't yeah. he have everybody the day that Elijah left? Didn't he have every other prophet trying to break his tie to yep. Elijah? What yeah, would have happened? Well, yeah, everybody else is telling him, don't you know, leave him, why are you following him? He's going home today. Why are you still following him? Every, every one of the prophets, the spiritual people, the church people were telling him to leave Elijah. They probably thought they knew more than he did. Like guaranteed. They're like, did you not see that he's going to be going? Don't you see? They knew. They were, they were operating in the supernatural. Mm -hmm. They're operating. They saw ahead. Prophetically, and their lack of honor and diligence, and their covenant. lack of honor and diligence tied them because they had given, they had tied themselves to a lack of honor and diligence, and they were trying to talk him out of the blessing of becoming the prophet Elisha that we know, thinking it was godly. <laughs> the The Pharisees tied themselves to the idea that the Messiah would take over Rome. The Zealots yeah. tied themselves to that idea; couldn't see Jesus for what he was. Pharisees. Only saw it as a religious, as a religious king, mm. and one that would come up through their ranks. Yeah, they tied themselves to the idea, and they complete Jesus standing in front of them. They killed them, <laughs> or, or 
he gave up his life, but they, they would have done it. Yeah. They tried. <laughs> it's all soul ties. Wow. So, yep. That's interesting. Like that, you know, that stubbornness that you look at, it's like, what is wrong with them? Why don't they see? It's like, this is that. Well, we're the same. That's the thing. You know, I was, I was watching a thinker the other day, and uh, he, he has a whole course on, you know, would you have been the people that would have killed the Jews, you know? And he proves that most people, they wouldn't say, I would have never done that, but they, but they would have been those people. Like we in have, the Holocaust? Yeah, in the Holocaust. And he said, but um, it was uh, Jordan Peterson. He was, that's his whole course. Is, and he's basically proving that people would have been the ones that would have put them in camps. And uh, he's showing it. And the reason is generally because we have an expectation. We have our souls tied to certain things we don't want to let go of and don't want to break. I didn't, I didn't get into all of his details, but I know, I know how the principle works. There's things we don't want to let go of because we don't. So the Pharisees, they didn't want to let go of power and influence. And so because of that, Jesus couldn't be him. And they couldn't see it because I didn't want to let go. They were tied to, that's what love of money is mm-hmm. the root of all evil, right? That you're seeing it happen in our world right now. Right now. But anyway, <laughs> love you. <laughs> Did you get something out of it? Did people put stuff that they got something out of it? Did they answer? Yeah. So. Uh, your, your daughter says, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, Ashley. She says the past two years proved it. Mm-hmm. Precisely. All right. <laughs> we love you. And so, Father, right now, I just want to pray over all the soul ties, all the bad ones, Lord. Let them be broken now in Jesus' name. Father, let good strongholds, let them rise up and be firmly rooted in the word of yeah. God and in your truth right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Father. I sense it. Right now, you just receive, if you have the ability to stop and receive this prayer, definitely stop and receive it. And even if you don't have it right now, go back to it. Pause it. Go back to it when you can. And uh, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, Crumble every wrong soul tie and let the freedom of Christ come through. We remove every guardrail taking us to the path of lack and the curse. And Lord, let every stronghold, soul tie, and fortress be set for the direction of your blessing. Life to the full till it overflows. And only that, let your will be done in every life that's here in this on earth just as it is in heaven, in the core of your will, in the core of your soul, Lord, let it be done according to your soul, your will, your emotion. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. We give you the glory. Amen. 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 (laughs) Man, that was good. That was powerful. I felt it. I did. Yeah, the Y'all feel it? I can sense the anointing. Yeah, I know. Me too. It's good. Well, I won't put that back on because we're going to pray over any offerings. But share the broadcast. <laughs> like it. Share it. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. And uh, if you would like to sow into today, nobody has to. You know, this is what we're doing. We're giving these words of truth out from Christ to the world every single day. It doesn't cost you a thing. Uh, if you would like to partner with us and help us get that word out, you're welcome to go to giveww.org. You know what to do. Uh, all that, I'm, man, the anointing's thick in here today. <laughs>
That's a good word, which is also a good word to sow into. When you see and sense that anointing on a good word, that's a good time to sow mm -hmm. uh, because you're going to reap that anointing that's on it. You're going to mm -hmm. reap those things. If you want soul ties broken, you sow into a message about the truth of the soul ties, and you want good ones established. You sow into a message about that. So if you would like to do that, you're welcome to cash app, Venmo, PayPal, text to give, cryptocurrency, give one time or give on a regular basis. Uh, you're welcome to do that right now. Father, we just pray, anybody who's sowing, let it be blessed. Lord, let this soil of your grace and your ministry receive their seed of partnership, their prayers, yeah. their money, the skill set that they will lend uh, to get this word out. Even, Lord, when they click on like and subscribe and sharing it, Lord, that is a type of partnership. Let their partnership seed be multiplied in Jesus' name. Let them be blessed. Lord, let it overflow to them. Let favor come now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy over that. Let it be supernatural. Let it be quick, supernaturally quick. In Jesus' name, amen. And well, did you, did you all have, okay. Yeah. <laughs> While you were praying over it, um, and you were talking about you know, clicking the button. Kevin says, how are you going to end this now? It's too good. <laughs> I was like, I know, Kevin. I'm, at this. I'm right there with you. While you were praying over, I think you said something about clicking the button, what I, what I believe I saw in the spirit was I saw someone clicking the share button and I saw a farther reaching effect that the seed would have than it's ever had before. Not just sharing Amen. the broadcast, but any seed that's Amen. coming into this ministry. Specifically, it'll have a farther reaching impact than it's ever had before. Amen. Glory to God. Yeah. How about the thing... I just, as you were saying that, one of the things I saw uh, by the Spirit is you got you got to understand how does God treat you when you honor Him? Mm. When you honor Him, what does God do? How does He, he respond? Honors you. He honors you. It's not you know I'm not paying to be blessed. Mm. I'm just deciding in my heart, Lord, I love you and I want to honor you. You see, that's what a seed is. That's what sowing is. So don't give out of compulsion. Don't give because you feel like you have to because you, you do not have to give. You, you don't at all. But there's something that happens when we turn our heart yeah. and we say, Lord, I want to honor you. Yeah. And then God says, those who honor me, I will honor, right? You won't be lightly esteemed and despised. I will honor you. Yeah. And, and I saw that even in, not just the financial seed, I saw that even as they share it. Yeah, no, I saw yeah, that too. As they share it, then I think it spawned off of what you said. Um, as I saw them, as they click that button, it's like God's in heaven and he says, share grace. That's cool. Like that, like he's hitting the button to share grace with you as you yeah. share, as you share his grace to other people. He's saying, okay, you honored me. Let me honor you now. Let yeah. me share my grace with you. Yeah. And um, that's what's going on. That's, I, I think we miss that. I think we overlook it. We don't see it as that's what's actually happening, but that's a, that's a good example yeah. of what his word says will happen as yeah. we honor him. Well, what I believe that at least 
I didn't hear it specifically. I didn't see it specifically. But the understanding I believe I had when I saw the button being shared was the limited reception that mm -hmm. the, we've had here for the Lunch Plus. It's been great. Yeah. But the limited aspect of it is about to change. Yeah, yeah. And there's going to be a new grace yeah. on sharing the word. And yeah. Yes. There's There's been an anointing, Brother Trace has been talking about, like no more lack, no more curse of obscurity. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. that's breaking and changing. Now. Amen. So in Amen. ours as well as theirs. Amen. Yeah. Um, as you're as you're praying over the finances, like what I believe I came up to me was like the heart of God in this moment was that He just wants to bless His people, mm -hmm. and that's what yeah. came up to me is that this is Him wanting to just bless His people. Yeah, Amen. Glory to God. He wants to bless. That's His heart. That's His heart. So, Amen. We love you so very much, and uh, watch this broadcast again. Listen to it again. And uh, get all the goody out of it. Amen. <laughs> Ruminate on it. Go look up that word if you don't know what it means. So it's awesome. What a great word. <laughs> Agreed. We love you so very much. We'll see you tomorrow, 1130 Lunch Plus. Here is Abigail to wrap it all up. Hey, guys. The broadcast, as they were saying, was amazing today. There was a different anointing on it. This is something that you want you want to share right now. If you haven't shared it yet, go ahead and share it. If you haven't liked, go ahead and like it. But there, there was something different on it. You want to, the broadcast today, the anointing today, this is something that you want to share, not, not just to share, but to plant a seed and to sow into this broadcast for your life. There was something different on it today. And it's, you want to do it every day, but especially today. And we also want to give you guys some exciting news. We will be back again tomorrow at 1130 for another wonderful broadcast that we're super excited to see you there for. But also, as you heard at the beginning, over the next two weeks, we will be having several guests come on the broadcast, guest pastors from this area. We'll just have them sharing what's going on in their lives, what Holy Spirit is leading them to and so much, like, there's going to be, it's just going to be great. You are not going to want to miss it. It's going to be fun, and we want to tell you about it now so you can be looking forward to it and get the news out. Say, hey, come watch this with us. It's going to be great, and we also want to invite you. If you don't have anywhere to be on Easter, we want to invite you to come here. We are going to be having an Easter service here at Boomerang Church at 10 a.m. April 17th. But also, the day before that Saturday, Saturday, April 16th, we'll be having an Easter egg hunt. So bring your kids, bring yourself. Let's go hunt some eggs. Um, yeah, so I, I just had the picture of, like, you know, a gun, like, shooting some eggs. But that's not what I mean. I mean, like, let's, like, hunt for them and find them. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow. We love you. Bye.